Welcome to the Authentic Dentist Podcast. Join Dr. Allison House of House Dental in Scottsdale and Sean Zayas, founder of Zana, a company helping dentists extend their care beyond the chair as they lead dentists deeper along the journey of authenticity to reach greater fulfillment in their professional lives and to deliver remarkable patient experiences. At the core of the authentic dentist is a belief that the answer to the current challenges in dentistry is dentists discovering that their greatest asset and point of differentiation is their personal brand and that forming that brand out of their authentic selves is the best strategy for success in dentistry today. Hey guys, this is Sean and Dr. Allison House with the Authentic Dentist Podcast. And we're doing a part two on leadership lessons from Ted Lasso. And admittedly, it is not a show I watch. Um, but Dr. House watches it, and this is where we're getting the inspiration from. So, uh, Allison, take it away. So, I, I love Ted Lasso. Um, it is, there's a lot of swearing. It is not appropriate for a household with lots of kids. <laughs> there's one character that I think his only word is the F word. It really annoys me. But besides that, <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, the last episode that I watched, and here we are at the 1st of May, was about um, one of the teammates had a business, a restaurant business, and the business was um, broken into and vandalized. And the entire team, the entire soccer team came in and helped him rebuild over a weekend. And, I mean, I cried. I just thought, wow, how do you build a relationship with so many people, a culture where you're willing to sacrifice so much for each other and with no gain, no there's no... Nothing was in it for them. Nothing was in it for them. They just gave up their time and their talent to help him. So it's like he got buy-in. But did he, did he even, like, did he ask for it? Not at all. Okay, okay. No so idea. this he, is just people being like, oh my gosh, you've had our back somehow. Now that you need us, you're not even asking. We just, we have your back. He showed up at his restaurant after he knew it had been destroyed and the entire team was already there building. He had no idea they were even going to be there. So yeah, that totally makes sense. Like why that is beautiful in dentistry because we want, we want that culture. We want that culture that we know that people have our backs, not just even when they're punched in, but like around the, you know, like maybe they're out to dinner and someone all of a sudden chews on something and you know, you can tell they like crack a tooth. You just want someone on their own being like, oh my gosh, like I'm so you know, I'm so sorry about that, but like, I actually work at a dental office, <laughs> you know, like just going to bat for you without doing it because they have to, or. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I want that in every aspect of my life with the, the gym kids, with my, my family. I just want, and I want to be that person for others too, that we have that kind of culture in my life. Anyway, so that's, that's the, the lead up. But one of the characters mentions to the coach, Ted Lasso that you you built this and you built this by a series of micro transactions that build trust and respect and so he lists some of the the micro transactions that built this culture that they are experiencing right now and i was just wow i what are those micro transactions that i can do in my own life that will build that level of trust and respect and sacrifice for each other and i'm thinking like it has to still be in alignment with who you are. Me meaning yeah. like one of my styles simply because of the way my mom was, was she was very transparent 
um, about struggles. So that's something where just to my kids, like I'll, I'll just let them know, like, okay, I'm sorry. I, I'm struggling to not be frustrated, you know, in this moment, this is just, it's on me. Like, it's nothing you've done. Um, it's just my issue. So like, that's beautiful. That is definitely a microtransaction. Yeah. And, and, but it's also something that like, I don't know if I could take that page out of someone else's playbook if it wasn't in alignment with who I am um, and who I'm called to be because it could come across inauthentic. And I don't think that would build trust. Do you know what I'm saying? So I don't think it, I think it has to be a playbook that starts off with like your, I don't know who you are. Do, do you kind of know what I mean? Yeah. Um, in one of the earlier episodes, Ted um, has a panic attack and he runs off the field. And um, later people tell him, oh, you know, he got sick. And then it comes out in a newspaper that he actually had a panic attack. And so he's embarrassed. And so he walks out to the team who's all on the, the pitch. That's what they call it. Not a, a field. It's a pitch. And he says, so I should have told you this myself. You shouldn't have read this in a newspaper. And I would want in the situation for you all to be able to tell me. So it was inappropriate for me not to tell you. It was a beautiful way to handle it. I mean, he'd made a mistake. He didn't tell them, but he still apologized and left the door open for other people to come to him. I thought that was great. So I feel like sometimes at work, um, I, like I'm, again, an example of a struggle is I'm not always consistent, right? And people people know it. They can tell when all of a sudden, like, I'm coming around the office, I'm I'm going upstairs, I'm checking in, I'm I'm seeing how people are doing, and I'm just a lot of a lot of energy, and. And then there's certain weeks where I'm just, I'm not, you know, maybe I lost sight of the vision a little bit. I got discouraged and they know it anyway. So it's super helpful when I come back to just be like, Hey guys, I'm, I'm so sorry. Like the last two, three weeks, I think I just got lost in something. I was discouraged that this one campaign didn't work out as well. Um, you know, I'm really sorry about that. How are you guys doing? And just that little acknowledgement, I think it does get people to feel still connected and we're still part of a team because this we're in it together. I think that's what builds that whole, I don't know, like I know you have my back, so I've got your back. I don't know. It's just. And that doesn't mean you have to be on all the time. But it, yeah, I think it does mean that you're honest with your team. Um, you're honest when you make a mistake. You also give credit when credit is due. You, know, you don't take credit for everything. You're great at that. You are too. And it's hard. <laughs> But yeah, my team, it, it is a team culture. I, it's nothing that I do is just me. I mean, nothing I even do in my life is just me. There's a whole thing behind it with my family and my kids. And But even the way you lead your New Year's, um, start the year off, oh, yeah. <laughs> that whole team meeting is, is very transparent. It's at your house. You're asking people about their personal goals. You're disclosing your personal goals. It's much more than we're just a team trying to make more money. It, there's nothing wrong with the financial benchmarks, but it's more than that. It's a holistic look at we're, we're people that care about each other, and this is what we're endeavoring to do, even in the little personal areas of our life, and it's just helpful. So I, I'm, I'm just saying, like, that's really profound. I think that has a really profound impact probably of the culture and how you get buy-in from everybody. Yeah, I, I think it does. And I do think that um, every person in your office, you want you want to elevate them too because it just makes you all better. So it can't just be that I go to CE 
and get better. It has to be my entire team is maturing and growing. And that means their personal life too. So the irony about the idea of like bringing people in um, by kind of just being honest about, I don't know, where you're at or your journey. I do that in a micro way just with my team, but I don't do that with like, let's say an industry. Like I can't do that on Facebook. Um, no, but that doesn't build trust. You don't know people. I mean, building trust means that you have a relationship with people. Just broadcasting things on Facebook is not. No, no, no. Really but but, same. but someone told me once, like, no one's going to care about you getting to the top of the mountain if they don't know your journey. So he's just saying, start sharing the journey. And, and, and so that's, I don't necessarily mean like transparent to the same extent, but I just mean like, I, I don't know how to share my journey which would allow for trust to start getting built with an industry. And I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I think that's where I could try to grow. Yeah, online. It's, it's hard. One the, it's <laughs> one of the harder things for me. I, I don't know. I'm not a market. You're, you're good at the marketing piece of that. But it has to be authentic for me. And that's where sometimes I overthink it. And if I can't do it in a way that's authentic, I'd rather just not. Because I, 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 it's not worth the risk to me to show up inauthentic. Um, so I'd rather just not show up at all, but I probably need to reconcile that and figure out how to, how to do that. Well, you and I were talking a little bit about marketing generally that lots of dentists, um, who are stellar in their industry. And then you see their, their website. It doesn't say that it's all, we would like new patients. It's very, so I, I think that is actually inauthentic of them to not say who they are. I mean, do you think it's a conscious, like, false humility posture or just like a, oh, I didn't realize patients would want to know I'm a dentist leading other dentists? Like, I, I think that they don't realize that patients would like to know this. Or they think this is what I do every day. It doesn't, it doesn't stand out, except in the dental world. But I can understand why. Like, the idea of knowing how to get who you are as a person, who you are professionally and find a way to put that into some sort of a professional brand that's consistent, that's who you show up as, like, it's not a very intuitive thing. No, it is not. You're right. And it's certainly not in our, in our gifts. And, and the leadership piece isn't really in our gifts. You know, we learn a lot about dentistry, we implement, but leading a team of culture and trust, yeah, it is part of your marketing, but it is part of just creating that that relationship with people because it's just not all about you. So in terms of microtransactions, can you think of like maybe a time or a season when you feel like you weren't building trust? Oh yeah. <laughs> the first 10 years of my practice, I just, I just did a terrible job of it. It was hard. Um, I think cause I wasn't confident in myself. And so I didn't want to share that I was struggling. And so I would just kind of pretend that, Oh, that was supposed to happen you know, kind of thing which didn't build the relationship. I didn't share expectations. I didn't. And when I share expectations, it's simply, this is what I would like. How can we get there? So we build it together. It's not a, I'm going to micromanage you because that isn't very helpful either. That doesn't build a culture of trust. And that was one of my biggest failings the first 10 years. I think I probably did something very similar. I thought people expected me um, to just be at my best all the time. Like, oh, Sean's coming into the, the meeting and he's the visionary entrepreneur, so he has an answer for this and he knows this and he's going to lead the meeting with a, a good quote and he's going to captivate it. 
and inspire. And I realized like that isn't the expectation they were putting on me. <laughs> it really wasn't. And me almost like playing along or trying to assume that role wasn't really fooling anybody either. <laughs> and it wasn't building the relationship with them. No. And I think I've gotten more energy and more, um, yeah, almost like wind at my back of being honest, being transparent, and getting everyone's buy-in for where we're at. Um, and even the encouragement of, hey, like, Sean, it's okay that you weren't perfectly consistent. Like, we all have ups and downs, but let's just work on that. I, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I, I feel like it's given me an opportunity to be stronger instead of trying to fake it. That That has not given power to my spirit or heart to actually continue on. If anything, I just get really exhausted doing that. <laughs> but when you're on, you do inspire. You do give those speeches. And that was part of the Ted Lasso. He would stand up and give this amazing speech, but then he was still himself. And, like, you remember the story. He he didn't know anything about soccer. <laughs> he moved to the U.K. and knew nothing about soccer, and he was coaching a professional soccer team. And what I loved about that is he was like, I, I need help. How, who are we going to find to help us? And the team was like, oh, well, we need this person, and we need this, and we need – and so it was like we're growing together. It wasn't that Ted had to have all the answers because nobody has all the answers. I don't even think Bill Gates had all the answers. He probably had somebody that helped him. Bill was fascinating, right? <laughs> because he literally like f sold something he didn't have yet. Yes. <laughs> like, talk about betting on yourself. <laughs> like, but okay. So I know, I think it's Warren Buffett, his partner is Charlie Munger. And he's famous for saying that the way the brain works is that it's actually better at figuring out what not to do. And then you can look at the inverse and figure out what to do. So it's like, what's, what are five or 10 ways to not build trust <laughs> in your with your team. It would be like I could obviously it's not being in alignment with who you are, um, faking it. At doing anything that's dishonest, I think. Um, billing for things that you didn't actually do or, you know, things that are really inappropriate, not refunding money when you should. Those things your team's watching. They see all of that. And so that will just erode trust quickly. And then I think, yeah, and if you did do a mistake like that, you catch it. Oh, we built for something we shouldn't have done. Let's fix it. Send it back. That's building respect and trust. Okay, so there's an example this week um, with my wife, Kelly, of just, like, again, like, talk about ethics. Like, there's this uh, buying group where it's called uh, Azure um, or Azure Standard where a lot of people buy 25 pounds of, beans 25 pounds of rice oh, like yeah. okay i've heard of this yeah and it ends up it's a really interesting thing because they they deliver stuff on pallets in like parking lots and everyone that has ordered shows up to the pickup spot and together they unload the pallet okay and like some people <laughs> like literally have suvs like loaded with maybe maybe they're buying grain for anyway so Kelly gets the order, comes back, um, and is putting everything away and realizes, oh my gosh, like they included something with the order that she originally tried ordering, but they said was out of stock, so they didn't charge her for it. So she double checks, realizes, yep, they indeed did not charge her, but she received it. Mm -hmm. So next thing you know, she's on the phone with them and she's like, yeah, you just need to charge me for this one thing because I got it. And they're like, okay, thanks. We charged you for it. 
And like, I'm always shocked because I'm always like, how, I don't know, if I was the customer service person, I'd be like, okay, so you're calling knowing you got something from us that we didn't charge you for. I don't know. I feel like I would be much more prone to be like, man, well, we have like this 10% off coupon that we can give to certain customers. Use it next time because that was really cool. I don't know, some sort of acknowledgement, but they were just like, okay, awesome, thanks. And Kelly doesn't look for that. She's not looking for the, like, try to tell me that it's okay. She just is going to do the right thing no matter what. And I know you're wired the same exact way. You teach ethics. (laughs) Like, this is who you guys are. You know, uh, my lab didn't charge me for one of the crowns that I did. And so I called him and I said, okay, so I owe you for this one crown. Can you go look? And he's like, what do you mean? I need you to go look. I didn't expect him to write it off because isn't it fair that he doesn't charge me when um, he makes a mistake and I, and I pay him when he does what he does because that's all the fairness. I don't know. <laughs> but he was, it, it meant a lot to him. But I know people that take it almost as like a, Yay, like God loves me. I got something free. Or uh, uh, like meaning they kind of take it in that sense. It's somebody else is suffering for that. I know. And, and I'm not and saying. And make the world go round. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's kind of like if you found, if you see $100 on the floor, is your first thought, oh my gosh, whose is this? Or is it. Oh my gosh! I just found a hundred dollars because that's like like I think you and Kelly are probably like looking around like somebody oh lost God, this they need lost it. this they need it they're gonna come back looking for it or someone else might just be like today's my lucky day I got a hundred dollars <laughs> so you know and I think a hundred dollars obviously is maybe a little harder to track um, if it was like a Yeti cup or if it was like um, Apple AirPods I don't know maybe that feels more possessive like. You could say, hey, who lost this? I I don't know. Or maybe there's a name on it or something like that. But it's just, some of that's just how we're wired. And I really appreciate that you and Kelly have such a standard. And you. I've seen you do things like this too. (laughs) But your team is watching. Your team is always watching. And I think your kids are always watching. I think your kids are always watching how you treat your parents too. So you're setting an example for all of those things. Wait, 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 wait. Like the grandparents? Like their grandparents? How are you treating them? Don't you think? I think that's great. I've never thought of that. Oh, yeah. I think my kids are watching how I treat my parents and my my in-laws. And that's how they're going to treat me. So I need to be very good. <laughs> I need to behave myself. <laughs> okay. that I think that's incredibly profound and helpful. But it's, it's just the culture of trust. You know, you treat people the way you want to be treated. And when we're paying it forward, I, this is the way I would like that karma to work. <laughs> So what are you thinking in terms of just like a, a takeaway or blurb of encouragement to close? I, I think you start looking at the microtransactions that you've done to build trust in all aspects of your life. And then when something comes up and you have an opportunity to do something that would erode trust, you don't do it. Thank you for listening to the Authentic Dentist Podcast. To join Allison and Sean on this journey, hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Here's to your success. Express yourself fully. Live authentic.